Hello, folks, and welcome back to QC Uncut, your source for uncut, unedited, uncensored conversation with local newsmakers. With me, your host, Sean Leary. This is the, <clears throat> the number one rated podcast in the Quad Cities, and it's because of you, the listeners, and it's because also we have some really interesting guests. And today, uh, my guest certainly fits that description. It is Jamie Toll. <laughs> you know, Jamie? Hey, I don't think you go that far. It's Jamie Toll. Jamie Toll, the um, guitarist, songwriter, singer for... Um, one of the singers for Tripmaster Monkey, which was a um, huge band here in the Quad Cities back in the 90s. You guys were signed to Sire Records. Then you moved over to Electra Records, right. had three uh, records released, an EP, uh, Faster Than Dwight, and then, of course, Goodbye Race and Practice Changes, yeah. which were full-length yeah. LPs. Um, and then you guys got dropped by the label along with a bunch of other bands because, obviously, the music industry was changing yeah. quite rapidly in the 90s. Um, you broke up for a while. You got back together. You did an EP called Bright Orange End, which was kind of, you know, you had some stuff, you know, that you'd left been working left over. Yeah. Um, broke up again, got back together for... Uh, we, didn't really break, we didn't really break up then. We weren't we weren't ever... You kind of went your separate ways. Well, it wasn't for, like a horrible... Well, amic- for the Bright amic- Orange End, we were already kind of done, but we just wanted to put something else out. And I think it was in conjunction with the show, maybe. And we knew we had the stuff... Um, it were, I wouldn't even call them outtakes. It was just, they were just songs that were left off of Practice Changes, remember, was like 20 songs. Mm-hmm. And we were always like, God, maybe we should have put those songs in there. You know? And uh, so I don't remember who started the process or the project of Big and Bright Orange and Happen, but I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's just, what, six songs, I think, mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that. But we were never really... We never really got back together in the same way we never really broke up at, in terms of like what you think of in like classic right. rock and roll stories of like, and they never talk to each other again. Like we all we all hang out all the time still. So it's like it's not like a weird thing for us to do something like that. Well, what is it? You all kind of just kind of went your separate directions. Once the band was over, Wes got a, didn't Wes get a job in Portland? And then that kind of then um, then it was just three of you guys. Then you moved to Chicago right. and started a band, Tenki. Right. Um, Chris stayed here. Marty stayed here. Marty was in, well, still is sort of plays with the Einstein sister. He was in Jim the Mule. He's in the Veilies. You know, um, so he's really become kind of like the premier drummer of the Quad Cities. Really, um, I think so I don't know if. Uh he would say that, but I would definitely I, say that. Yeah, I certainly would. I mean, you look at the legacy of his music career, and he's been pretty much in every popular substantive. Yeah, he's multiple been in huge cat. bands. Yeah, right. He was in Multiple Cat. He was in um, Marble Chorus, which is both Pat Stolle's bands. He's, yeah, he's done a ton of everything, really. Mm-hmm. He even, you know, when we were um, kind of... Not at our beginning, but we were kind of on our upswing of things. He actually worked... <clears throat> he was a drummer... Wait, was he a drummer? I think he was. Yeah, a drummer for the band that our old sound man, Rob Simmerusty, played in that played on freaking uh, boats, the, the gambling boats or whatever. It's like the nightly entertainment. It's hilarious. But yeah, I always thought I always thought Marty was kind of like the unsung member of the band in a lot of ways, you know, because he was such a good drummer. And you listen to those, especially like those early records, where just the the pop of those, you know, of the yeah. drum kit and stuff, and the the great percussion that you guys yeah. had on that that was driving forth the melodies. I think uh, Chris and I uh, always knew that Wes and Marty were definitely way more uh, adept at their instruments and their than we were, which allowed us to kind of 
do things the way I mean, we, you know, you know, Chris could kind of shout out stuff, and I can, you know, hit some as Pat Stalligan um, always says, ham fisting guitar stuff, <laughs> you know. And but it was okay because the rhythm section was so tight that you could kind of have this messy stuff with the nice, clean, you know, right angle edges, you know, that were mm-hmm. going on through uh, through Marty and Wes. They were always just super tight. They could jam like on a on a dime on anything. So. Yeah. That was kind of part of your sound, too. I mean, that was part of like the signature sound. When you listen to, you know, you'd have those real clean guitar notes, and then you'd have the real messy, fuzzy stuff, too. I mean, even on, like, um, you know, Shutters Closed and stuff like that, you'd have that combination, too, which was kind of, I mean, that was the sound of the 90s, just in yeah. general, was that combination of the clean and the dirty stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, the, dynamic range. yeah the dynamic range, which is all sort of, you know, from the Pixies, more or less, in a lot of ways. Yeah, Absolutely, from the Pixies. I think... And then, um, like, Uncle Tupelo was a big influence mm-hmm. on that, too. And uh, just, and uh, Buffalo Tom had a couple yeah. songs that were like that. And, um, yeah, it, it was all about dynamics back then, right? Mm-hmm. And it was, and so, and actually, Rob's the one that turned us on to that. Like, we were in the studio one time, and he's like, it's our first time in the studio, and we're just, you know, clang, 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 smash, whatever. <laughs> and he's like, hey, uh, do you guys ever hear of the term dynamics? <laughs> and uh, it was like, you play softer. Like, maybe during this part, you just kind of don't play at all. And, blah, blah, blah. and we're like, oh, wow, that's cool. That totally changes the song. Uh-huh. And then and then we just kept doing it. We just played that trick as much as possible. And now, the new stuff, which I'm assuming we're going to start talking about yeah we kind of got off on a tangent i was i was gonna like intro with the fact that okay you guys have kind of reunited like without it because like you said you never really broke up it wasn't all those acrimonious behind the music type of things you just sort of went your separate ways because life took you in different directions and you've sort of gotten back together as people have come back to town yourself included Mm -hmm. um what led you back to the point where like i mean you've done shows you did the show for rob you did you know one or two reunion shows here and there what led you to the point where you guys were like you know what let's get together in a substantive way let's write music let's record or let's put a full-length record out and let's really you know do something substantial i it all started with my wife telling me that i needed to do more music because i hadn't really done anything since i moved to la so i left tenki and she's like you know you need to you probably need to do some music stuff like you gotta you know, what are you doing around? You're just sitting around doing nothing. <laughs> you need to work on some music. And so I always wanted to, and I was trying to think of wh- how, what I would do. And, and I had a few different ideas. And then one of them was, well, I just recognized that if I can create like a, a plot to this or some parameters or, you know, that kind of thing, I would, I, I, I decided that I need this project to be focused on something. So I thought, what if I wrote the next Tripmaster Monkey album? I could have said the Tanky album, <clears throat> but I decided Tripmaster just to go even farther back. And so I kind of re-listened to stuff. This is before I told anybody in the band. Listen to a lot of stuff. Listen to old, you know, eight-track tapes I have of eight-track not eight tracks, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah. multi-track uh, tapes of stuff, and there was some good stuff there, and not so good stuff. And I started kind of writing, and my thing was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write a few songs before I bring anybody in to see if this is impossible. And then I wrote a few, couple songs, three or four, and I brought in Chris. I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this, but I, I don't want to sing. I actually don't really want to even write the lyrics, so 
why don't I do this and you can be like we used to do I'd write the songs do a gibberish melody and then he would do lyrics on top of it so we did that and then eventually I'd write some more and some more and then finally I got Marty I'm like hey Marty what do you think about blah 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 and then finally um, we got Wes I think it was on his birthday I sent him like eight songs I'm like dude I'm writing songs I want to do the next trip master do you, yeah, oh, and, and because um, the world we live in and you know your, your, your Google drives and clouds mm-hmm. and all that stuff oh, yeah. we were able I was able to upload these new songs then they could take it from there download them and start working on their parts send them back to me and so I ended up writing about 17, like 20 songs or something like that. It was great. And, um, and then we decided, let's, let's pick our 10 you know, we want to do. We can't obviously do all of them. That would be a little too hard. And then we made a plan to come down here. And it, it's funny because we've always had the attitude. It doesn't really matter. None of that really, you know, totally matters. But we've been pretty tough cr- critics on our on ourselves through like we've been really trying to make it really good well yeah um if you're gonna do it why the hell not yeah. do it the best thing you can yeah we did the kickstarter because we're like well you know maybe if we're gonna do this right we're gonna need some extra money people were great about that we made our mark mm-hmm. um and and then we just you know every every step of the mm-hmm. way it's like well let's do this and then we're like well let's get pat to record it mm-hmm. let's get stoney eric stone to be the uh extra guitarist because the other thing i want to do i didn't i wanted to try to eliminate as much of the instrument switching and vocal switching that we used to do i wanted to like chris i want you to sing Wes, you play bass and so i we brought in eric to do some of the piano stuff and uh some of the guitar stuff um and then we went to pat and said we need pat to produce it um, and as it turns out, uh, Jeff Conrad's been helping on it too because he's kind of a digital wizard. Oh yeah! And yeah. so this is one of the first kind of like truly digital analog hybrid recordings that Pat's done. So he's been helping on the digital side, and he's going to master it as well. So we just started. We started gathering, you know, the the resources we knew, and and, and it just kind of took flight. And then you know we started talking about concepts and. You know, Chris and I would go back and forth on the lyrics and just try to figure it out. But it, it, this whole process took about, I think, a year and a half. I think I started at the end of 17 or something like that mm-hmm. is when I started writing. Um, and I just went on a writing, kind of a writing storm. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, hey, guys, got two new songs. And it was great, you know, because I would just put them up there and you're like, check out the new songs. I have a new song. Another new song. Got another one, you know. And, and it, was, it was fun. So that's, that's how it all started. Uh, and, and, and the whole... Uh, it, it literally started because I just knew I needed to do some music sometime soon. I wanted to be really, really cool. Um, and that's what we came up with. What does it sound like? I mean, obviously, you look at the Tripmaster albums, and the first, uh, you know, Faster Than Dwight has that. It's obviously very much of its time. It's got that, you know, from Liquid Sky on, it's got that very grungy sound. Uh, Goodbye Race starts to evolve. You start to see the, um, you know, uh, different dynamics, uh, like Shutters Closed has kind of that Weezer wall of sound. Uh, you know, Albert's Secret Memory Bank has, like, it has an Uncle Tupelo type of thing going on. Um, lots of different stuff in there then you look at practice changes which you see you know elements of pavement and you know other bands like that that are incorporated in it um haven't really heard any like new recorded music 10 key obviously very different um i always loved the song catherine the great was always my favorite tanky song i love that song but it was very you know 
expansive and you had like some of the 10 key albums were much more you know uh condensed like when you first start off and it was what it was glistening chin music yeah yeah and then yeah yeah and uh that ep um and that was much more like trip master but 10 key had that kind of like bigger sound so what is the new step given the fact that you're kind of the creative force behind it in terms of songwriting where are you going with this new record right so um like I said, I, I went and I listened to like all of our stuff. And what what I was trying to do when I said I was going to write the next trimester monkey album, I'm like, okay, I need to go through this stuff and find what are what are the what are the certain attributes that I love or 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 I can take to write new music because it can't be trying to reproduce an old sound. It's going to be reflective of stuff I've listened to in the past 10 years and all that, you know? But what are some of the elements? Well, I like the open E tuning we do. Let's bring something like that and let's, you know, <clears throat> big guitars. Let's do big guitars. I, that's cool, you know? We kind of started straying away from that a little bit and practice changes, but I kind of brought them back. And it really is, uh, <laughs> it's definitely a wall of sound layered sound. Um, so it's a little, I think if you took all three of those Faster and Dwight, Practice Changes, uh, uh, Goodbye Race, and you smashed them all together. Uh, and then you add like 25 years of wisdom on top of that. And that's, <laughs> and that's, what, it, that's what it sounds like. Yeah. So looking back on those times, what stands out? What are the memories? I mean, in retrospect now, you look back 20 years later, and I mean, more than 20 years later, and um, what are the things that stand out in your mind um the the memories that meant the most to you now i mean obviously it's weird because at the time different things stand out and you're like oh this is going to be what i remember blah 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 well now you're two decades on and what are the things that you actually do remember that did stick with you it's interesting chris and marty both have like steel trap memories about the stuff like they know the club we played in the city we played in and i am like not even close to that but um, I, I would say the biggest memory is, and it's, it's not the specific kind of thing you're probably looking for, but um, I think it's just um, at this point I can look back and acknowledge like the real like brotherhood we had, you know, and it was like, I, I think it's very rare for people to, you know, I think sometimes if you're on a college baseball team or you're, uh, you know, you're working in the Peace Corps or whatever, you know, you have these group of people you're with all the time. Mm-hmm. And we were lucky enough that right out of college, we got to do this full time and travel together and experience things together and, and, and go through the creative process together. And I think that was, it's like, these are, you know, there's definitely a brotherhood and it expanded a little bit, you know, Stolly kind of was around a little bit more and Stoney and, you know, Rob who passed mm-hmm. away, obviously like, like, and then kind of our friends, you know, a lot of different friends, right? And I feel incredibly blessed to, and I don't use that word frivolously or whatever, but um, just to have these people in my life that, you know, we, 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 we definitely are like brothers, you know, mm-hmm. all of us. Um, and there's a bond there that, um, that, that's what I've taken away from the most. You know, we've had, you know, I, I remember... It was kind of nice when we were getting flight out to New York every once in a while, and 
playing shows out there. I remember like the touring. I wasn't super loving touring because it's just such an unhealthy lifestyle. But um, but it was more just like the hanging out, creating, writing music, going to the studio, working on this thing, um, and then just the things that would happen around that, you know, um, that you can only kind of experience with like somebody that you've kind of gone to war with a little bit you know um and that that's what i that's what i take away from it mostly what uh what's it been like revisiting that i mean how much how much have you guys been in touch over the last um you know a few decades how often you guys see each other i mean obviously chris and marty both in town but you're out of town Wes is out of town um how much have you, have you talked to the guys and stay in touch with everybody because i know life happens i mean you can be real close friends with people but you're like holy shit i didn't talk to that person in like a year you know because i've got kids i've got yeah. a job i've got all this right. other stuff it's not like because you, you know you don't want to or there's any hard feelings it's just right. life happens and it blurs and all of a sudden holy shit six months have passed you know well we're lucky because we have a yearly event called botel and botel is where it was started by pat um, and it's where we rent the two houseboats up in McGregor, Iowa for a weekend and just put a bunch of beer in there and a bunch of food in there. And, and we go and we dock up on one of the sandbar islands and we just hang out for a whole weekend. And it's, um, we do it every single year and that's always kind of kept, it's helped. Yeah, they were on like our 15th year, I think now. And it's always kept us connected. It's been a, a yearly event that kind of keeps us all connected. Not everybody can make it every year, but mostly we do um so we have that and like again there was you know there wasn't a bad breakup um we're just you know we still like to hang out and be friends and stuff like that so yeah you'll go a couple months without talking to somebody um you know but i think that's okay that's just life yeah it's just life right I think you see it differently, like when you're younger in your teens and your early twenties and stuff, and you don't go a while, and you're like, "Oh man, I haven't talked to this person in such a long time." But as you get older, and you get in your thirties and stuff, and you know, it's just you realize you stuff happens. I mean, you have a job, you have kids, you have families, you have you know, um, significant others, whatever, and you, time just flies yeah. by. And I think that the people you're closest with are the most forgiving for that mm-hmm. too. Right, where right. it's like, "Oh yeah, I know I haven't talked to you." And- six months but whatever right now i mean yeah a lot of times you like meet up meet up with somebody and like it's like no time has passed it's like i'm always i ran into scott morshauser not long ago and it's the same thing we're like i used to hang out with that guy every week like we used to have you know go to lunch every week and everything else and i haven't seen him in a while and it was like no time had passed same thing like carrie tucker people like that like i haven't seen him in a while but just like you meet, meet up with him it's like you saw him yesterday yeah I think that's kind of special with the area. Also, let's face it, like, there, there's just uh, the music thing here has brought a lot of people together. And there's a lot of really, really creative and talented people who either are writing about it or performing it or, or just enjoying it. But it's always been kind of a little counterculture in the Quad Cities that I've always appreciated. It's always been really smart and really, you know, knowledgeable about music and critically minded but also kind of ready to have fun with it i think that's kind of a a kind of a lot of i think a lot of our friends i think you'd probably agree are kind of through that that common appreciation Mm -hmm. you know what is it like to come back to the quad cities and see how much it's changed because it has changed significantly from 
you know, back in the mid late nineties. Um, I mean, just the fact that I mean, here we are in downtown Rock Island, Atheos. Yeah. Downtown Rock Island used to be the place to be. As much as it may sound weird now to people who are listening to this, those of you who weren't here in the Quad Cities, yeah. but back in the nineties and like the early up through like maybe the mid two thousands, the district was the dominant hangout for everybody. And downtown Davenport, yeah, had one or two places. The village had nothing. Yeah. And now it's like the village is huge downtown Davenport is huge. Molina's starting to come along and everything. You've got all these places with Day Trotter bringing in acts and you've got a whole lot more stuff happening here in the Quad Cities. What's it like to come back and to see how things have boomed? Well, I only found out today, like yesterday, that the district is no longer the place to be. Um, Or not the hippest area that used to be. But then I also noticed that while I was driving by a place called like Daiquiri Factory and I'm like well there's a problem right there um, but uh, it, it you know there's things I love about it um, I love I love the um, the familiarity the food and the well that, that's really weird priority order <laughs> no it's, it's just, but it's a, it is a priority to a lot of people a lot of people come back and they're like oh i'm gonna have harris pizza and i gotta have oids and blah 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 yeah exactly um so there's those comforts of home mm-hmm. and then there's you know the friends and stuff here my i don't really have any family living here anymore um but it's still kind of my hometown and i appreciate it there's there's stuff about it that kind of makes me sad sometimes when i see things change uh, a few ways <clears throat> i think I mean, I don't know if this is important to your listeners or not, but, you know, I think uh, Davenport is cool that they work on the downtown. I feel like there's a midsection of that city that's just been ignored mm-hmm. to put everything out to 53rd or downtown. And there's a whole middle of the city right. that just kind of being ignored and a bit shuttered. I'm, I'm like, well, that seems like a, a missed opportunity there. Mm-hmm. Um and I think the politics of Iowa have kind of disturbed me a lot more. I think it used to be um, brazenly moderate, mm-hmm. and it used to be proud of the Iowa moderacy, you know what I mean? And um, and now I feel like it's it's very, very polarized, which is a real drag, um, especially when you kind of hear some of the stuff coming out of the mouths of some politicians here. And, and you know, me in California, I'm like, oh, you know, you hear, Jesus, what's wrong with this? dude from Iowa, what the fuck's mm-hmm. that about? Right. You know, or, and oh, and this is the state that gets to vote first, you know, right. like, right. <laughs> and that bums me out because it didn't used to be that way. I really do think it was more of a moderate state. Um, um, but I don't know. Um, you know, I, I don't think I'm here long enough to really let it all sink in. I think, um, you know, I love all the architecture too and stuff. Uh, of like some of the old Victorian is it Victorian is that what it is mm-hmm. the style kind of you know yeah. with the wrap around front porches and stuff yeah yeah mm-hmm. beautiful and even some of those like bungalow-esque I guess you call them bungalow in mm-hmm. LA like around the St. Paul's area which I think is just a beautiful neighborhood too it's kind of like the neighborhood I live in in uh, LA actually it's mm-hmm. a little bit like that's kind of best kept secret um and I don't know. There's just a spirit here. I, I really believe that there, you know, if if all these mid-sized cities could network with each other, they could probably uh, if some some music genius like a Sean Moeller or something like that could network all these mid-sized towns. You could get so many more bands to kind of skip over and, and go here mm-hmm. and rock to bigger cities because um, 
I think there's something about when you're from a, a city that um, where you have to work a little harder for culture. Those people that work are working a little harder on it tend to be really bright and really knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I know a lot more than the people who are already in the cultural centers that don't feel a need to push their boundaries. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, it's all right here. What else? And um, you got to work for it more here. You do, you do, and I think that that makes somebody more knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. I think that I think a lot of people here, I would say, know a hell of a lot more about. Let's just use music, for example, or art than a lot of people I know in L.A., mm-hmm. you know, far more. Um, now, I might not be running the right circles in L.A. And that may be part <laughs> of it, you know. I mean, I don't know. Just a normal guy. But uh, people here. And I think I, I like that. I like that about the the struggle and of the mid-sized city to kind of create its own culture by viewing what's going on outside of it. They're much more aware of what's going on outside of their world than people in bigger cities. Mm-hmm. Far more. You know, people might know here about a scene and <clears throat> going on in Omaha. Well, nobody in LA knows who the fucking scene in Omaha. Mm-hmm. You know, or New York. You know what I mean? It's like, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. And I think you can gain, I'm very lucky that I can come back here and gain some insights you know, that will kind of instruct how I live in L.A. Mm-hmm. when I come back here, you know. So what inspired um, the songs that you've, you know, that you've put together and that are going to be on the album? Uh, are there any particular bands that you've listened to or, or um, you know, any, any particular things? That, yeah, go right ahead. Um, and, and like... I'm eating when we do this. <laughs> and... Um, what would you describe the sound as like um, for somebody who you know maybe's never heard Trip Master Monkey before, or people who are huge Trip Master Monkey fans and can't wait for the record, and they're like, you know, oh, what's it going to sound like? What's it going to sound like? Um, you know, what are some of the bands that you have kind of influenced you? Um, what are some of the things that have influenced you in your life to put these songs together? Well. Um, yeah, I, I can tell you some of the stuff. I used to have this all mapped out in my head. Um, there is a couple songs where I try to embrace more gang vocals, and my took the inspiration from Madness. Mm-hmm. You know, like how they would do like sure, sure, sure. that backup, that call and response uh-huh. kind of thing. So you will definitely hear a couple songs that kind of is call and response. And so I took some inspiration from there. Um, and then I guess I'm trying to think. Um, some of the other areas um i think the new parquet courts was really um interest a really interesting album with the ones before it and how they kind of kind of opened the opened up all the windows and kind of let let songs kind of be what they are you know mm-hmm. just embrace that um but i don't know if they were a really huge reference i don't know i listened to a ton of stuff and i would go like to the gym or something and I'd put the music on and i'm like Oh, that's a really interesting thing that they did. I take little pieces of it, you know. Mm-hmm. The band Midlake, I thought was really interesting, and I was, I think, might have inspired some of it. Does it sound like that? I don't know. Um, trying to think of there's some, but some stuff was just like like I knew. Oh, there is a cover on the in the album. There's really? a cover of somebody you will never expect us to cover. 
Right said Fred? No. It's way cooler than that. Rick Astley? No, way cooler. Way cooler. So Debbie Gibson. Think that's going to really disappoint Shane Brown that it isn't Debbie Gibson. Shane Brown would be happy about the choice we made. <laughs> um, so who is it? I can't tell you. Um, <laughs> but there'd be times where I'd be like, okay, we, we got me that. Or it's like, I was listening to the songs. I'm like, we need an opener. We don't have an opener. And so I just write an opener. And I would like go through and like listen to my favorite opening songs. You know, mm-hmm. song remains the same on House of the Holy. You know what I mean? It's like. Is it something you've done live? What the the, the, the cover? cover? Yeah, oh, okay. brand new, brand new, brand spanking new. And that we did that cover because uh, my girl, my girlfriend, my wife, Jesus, my wife played it for me. Get that one right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> my wife played it for me, and I'm like, oh, this is a great, so great, simple song. And I just immediately thought, of, like, how could you change it to be? kind of in our style so anyway no you will never guess it you'll never ever guess it it's a good surprise though um and then like what else was i listening to i did i just was listening to a ton 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 of stuff epic stuff you know um uh neil young and crazy horse Mm -hmm. i was listening to um my bloody valentine i was listening to um you know, Weezer, you know, uh, I was listening to all sorts of stuff, Zeppelin. Um, and then we just kind of let them be the songs that they are, you know. Oh, Unrest was a big one. I, I tried I tried to write like an Unrest song. It doesn't sound anything like an Unrest song, but there was one song that I, I'm like, oh, I need to write a song like this. So pretty, pretty, you know, from Led Zeppelin to Unrest, pretty eclectic. So how do you feel about it? Listen, like you're almost to the point where it's done. Well, how, how do you how do you how do you feel about it? I'll say this: we finished our mix. The mix is last night. Mm-hmm. We just finished. Um, I think it sounds great. I think it sounds really good. And you know, for some kind of a passion project that I started out so long ago, and then you know took the leap of faith to kind of hand it over to the rest of the guys. Um, you know. I guess part of my all my there's always been a fear like well when it's all over is it going to be what I imagine it to be mm-hmm. and it isn't what I imagine it to be but it's really cool um, I think it's Chris keeps saying it's the best stuff we've ever done but we know that every single band says that mm-hmm. so especially bands that are doing a reunion uh-huh. <laughs> so who goddamn knows <laughs> I don't know so what are your plans moving forward um, with this? You guys have got the Redstone Room gig on the 27th of uh, September. Yeah. Um, then the new album comes out in, like around that time, October, yeah. late September and stuff. Um, so what other plans do you guys have? What's the future for Tripmaster Monkey? Well, we have our, our plate's still pretty full because we have to get artwork done. we got all the pressing, all that stuff we got to do, you know, liner notes, all that stuff. So we have a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, it's great that Conrad is going to be mastering. It just makes life so much easier, and um, we're really happy about that. But there's all that kind of stuff we have to do and send it to this group to get it uh, digitally distributed and you know, so on and so forth. Here's the guy they're doing the vinyl. We're pressing on vinyl. Uh, and we have a song we have to write uh, for our old manager, Sam Kinkin, for his wife, because he was the big donor mm-hmm. on our Kickstarter. Uh-huh. And the idea was we would write a song for his wife that he gave to her for his birthday. Pretty, pretty expensive goddamn song, <laughs> really. 
So we have to write another song. That's going to happen. How we're going to do it, I don't know. Um, and then I'm probably going to kind of sit back and look at what I've done. We're going to play a few shows mm-hmm. and then just see what kind of happens with it. And then I got to start thinking about like what I want to do next musically, you know. Do I want to do something else? It'd probably be good for me to do something else that's not quite as labor-intensive as this. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we do another one, you know. Um, let's see what happens with it. I think I think people are really going to be pretty pretty uh, psyched when they hear it, you know, especially if they're, you know, having one of those headphone moments. I know that, that uh, marijuana isn't legal here yet, like it is in my state, <laughs> but I would encourage that and some headphones, and you'd probably be like, wow, this is a really great music experience. So that That's where I'm at. I, I think I'm going to do... <clears throat> Uh, I'm gonna, I, I would like to do another project that's kind of the opposite of this, which is more maybe like um, electronic um, or m- more minimal, um, and then maybe come back with because we we left a lot of lot of uh, songs on the um, cutting room floor mm-hmm. for this. Well, I would still like to go back and do those, and I think those would be kick ass songs too. So I can't believe I said kick ass songs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll end it at that high note, Jamie, because yeah, yeah, you're right. talking about kick-ass songs. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been a really and this weekend, you know, that I'm in town, we uh, we it's been a bit of a mixed emotion to be a kind of a tragedy hit. I don't want to get into it right now um, uh, that Chris is having to go through, and um, heart goes out to him and his family, um, but. It's been interesting because he's been with us the whole time while we've been doing this, and it's been really good therapy for him. Um, and it's just, it was just, this has been kind of a bit of a magical experience, I think. I know I use those fluffy terms sometimes, but times, but um, it really has been. Um, it's just a great way to like reconnect in a, in a way that we haven't connected in a long time and do something do something that we're really proud of. You know, I'm in advertising and I've said this before, I don't want to go into advertising or what my feelings about it because they're not the most positive. Um, But my, you know, I've had people say, why don't you go into writing music for ads and stuff like that if you write all this music? I'm like, I don't want to because I get to own this. This is just for me. Um. I don't have to make a compromise here. The only way I'd make a compromise is to the four or five people that I trust the most, which is the band and Pat. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of like being able to work on something and create something with uh, other people that you just really truly love. Uh, it's just it's just a great experience. It's a magical experience, you know. And I don't use that word lightly. I, I, I use it in a more literal sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that. Well, cool. Thanks a lot. Jamie Toll, uh, guitarist and singer and songwriter for Tripmaster Monkey, the new album. Don't have an album title yet. Uh, it's going to be out in September. We've got a show t- September 27th at the Redstone Room. Uh, for more information, a link to the Kickstarter, which you can still uh, donate to and everything else, uh, go to quadcities.com, your source for fun, free local entertainment. And keep an eye on quadcities.com for more news about Tripmaster. So, 
the plane you have. And there you yeah. go. I know. I love I, I set that up, Jamie. Yeah, so, so again, thanks a lot for listening to QC Uncut. My guest, Jamie Toll, thanks a lot for taking time out thank of your you. day. Thank you very much. It was fun. Awesome. And thank you for listening to QC Uncut. I'm Sean Leary. Hope you have a great day.